Hey there, Tiffany Jones here, co-founder and CEO of the Kenza Collective. Hey, before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to share something very exciting with you that is coming soon. We are putting together a course called You Can Do This. This is a course to teach busy parents how to work for themselves. So this is a course that has about 12 videos in it. And throughout each video, we're going to be helping you to lay a really, really solid foundation from which to build your freelance business. So some of the things that you're going to walk away with are a really solid understanding of how your taxes are going to work. You're going to have a really simple startup budget and the training that you need to track and manage your cash flow. You're going to have a realistic idea of how much you can actually work and actually make. You're going to have a good understanding of what you should go out there and try and sell based on the skills that you have built up into this point in your life. We are going to give you all kinds of pro tips. We're going to help you set some realistic goals, give you some advice that's just going to help you save a lot of frustration and money along the way as you're just getting started. We're going to give you a plan for how to establish and clean up your online presence, including tips on how to create a very simple and basic website. And you're going to have a plan of action to go out and get that first client and to continue to get clients. We are so excited to bring this course to you. We've been working on it for months now. And the very, very, very best part of this course, other than all of this amazing training and information that you're going to get, is that it's only $29. We wanted to offer this at a really, really, really affordable price point because we know that a lot of parents out there right now could really use some help in jumpstarting a consulting or a freelance business. And we don't want anything holding you back. If you have a skill or a set of skills, which I know you do, that you can go out there and serve clients with, we want to help you set up a really, really firm foundation to get that business started so that you can focus on doing that great work and not worrying about the business side of things. So if this is interesting to you, please head over to kenzacollective.com slash you can do this and sign up to be one of the first to know when this course is available. We're hoping to get it out end of November, early December time. So head over to kenzacollective.com slash you can do this, add your email address, and we will be in touch as soon as we have this ready to go for you. All right, let's get started on this week's episode. Your self-confidence and your lack of self-confidence is the thing that holds you back more than anything. And you have got to see yourself as your future self. And you can't get there until you actually make a move and you realize, oh my God, I sent a proposal or I put it out on social media that I can help you with your blogs and I didn't die. Like I did something (laughs) and I didn't die. Okay. And you got to do the next thing and then not die, right? Like that is literally how I took one step at a time, you know? Welcome to the Kenza Pod. Kenza Collective is a platform dedicated to educating, inspiring, and empowering parents who work for themselves. Check out kenzacollective.com to learn more about our mission and to find resources to help you on your journey. Together, let's reinvent what it means to be a working parent. My name is Tiffany Jones. I'm the founder and CEO of Kenza. Each week on the podcast, you can join me and our CFO, Beth Gummery, as we help you navigate the tricky business of working for yourself while also raising a family. We're honored to have you here with us. Let's get started. 
Hello and welcome to another episode of So You Wanna Bea here on the Kenza Pod. Today we have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Lisa Coombs, who is a freelance copywriter, a story brand guide, which we'll get into in a little bit, and a mom of three. How does she do it? This is what I want to know. And she has built a six-figure online copywriting business over the last three years. In 2019, so last year, she decided to scale her business, which is called Simple Story Solutions. And she brought on a team of other copywriters so that she could expand her reach and help more businesses and personal brands simplify their message and launch their mission. She also has a passion for helping freelancers stop hustling and start building thriving full-time businesses. As a mom of three, she knows how to navigate mommy guilt and actually be productive working from home. Plus, she coaches other freelancers through her full thrive freelancing with a company with online courses, coaching, and free webinars. And you can check that out at fullthrive.co. So in this episode of the Kenza pod, we'll be exploring a couple of themes with her, how and why she built uh, this business while having small children in the house and why she decided to scale that last year, what it's like as it, on a day-to-day basis, being a freelance copywriter with kids who are um, homeschooling and any pro tips she has to offer you out there. Um, how her business and her offerings have evolved over time, and just any top tips that she can offer what Beth likes to say, our listeners out in listener land, to (laughs) anyone who is interested in pursuing this type of career. So hello and welcome, Lisa, and welcome back. Hello. Hello. What an intro. My God. I was like, who's that? I'd like to meet that person. That's... Lisa, I've you know, been stalking all, on Instagram for a while now. I'm like, she needs to get on here. You've been on our list. Oh, what an honor to be invited to share this story. You know, when you're in the midst of something like this, you very rarely step back to see really what you just described. I was like, dang, that's pretty awesome, right? And and from where that kind of came from just a couple of years ago, my God, I would have never imagined. We all hear people say, I would have never imagined I would be here today. And so I want that to be an encouragement for people just because where you are today doesn't mean that's where you're going to be in two years or three years time. And oh, how exciting about where I'm going to be in three years. I don't know. So thank you. Thank you for reminding me. I think we need that. We need cheerleaders in our life to remind ourselves uh, where we've come from, where we're going, why we're doing it. Um, So I don't know if you have questions or you want me to just jump right in. Yeah, well, just on that, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because one of the themes that we try and just share a lot with, especially people who are just getting started or are thinking of taking this leap into working for yourself, is that just to anticipate that this is going to evolve and to be open to that and a phrase that I, I read in some book somewhere and I need to find what it is, but because I say it a lot is just uh, follow your curiosity, you know, just continue mm. to follow what you're curious about and see where that leads you. And um, I just love to see the evolution of my own business, of your, of other freelancers' businesses out there. And, um, you know, as we encourage people to get started, we always say, look, have a starting place, but be open to the evolution of this. And don't think yes. that it just has to be this perfect plan of what exactly you're going to do. Like, it's going to evolve. And that's what's so fun about being a freelancer, you know? Totally fun. If you take a long-term view, then my God, you have your work cut out for you right now. This is the way work is going. It, you know, uh, 
Upwork the other day had this huge spike in their in their shares, uh, their you know their uh, share price on the stock market because that is how we're moving to freelancing, to working from home, to working for yourself. So um, you have trade offs and benefits on both sides. But if you're willing to say I'm in it for the long haul, not for the quick buck, in in a few minutes I'm going to share with you my story, and you'd be like, oh my god, is that even possible? And I'm still pinching myself that it's possible. So if I can do it, literally, other people can do this too. Yeah, I love it. Well, yeah, let's just dive in. Tell us about who you are, your family, how old your kids are, and kind of you know sure. what your life and your career look like right now. Yeah, thank you. Um, super, you know, uh, thankful for my family, and not in the way that you might think. And I share the story with a bit of vulnerability because it gets me every time I think about it. I've always been one of these go-getters, high capacity, run, run, run people. And when I got pregnant with my first one, it was a surprise as most people have surprises. (laughs) And one surprise after another, after another, it would be three. <laughs> um, I have a family of children, right? Yeah, I literally be like, what happened to me? Um, like, I didn't know what was happening. But, you know, for many, many, many years, and I say this with all sincerity, I really felt like my kids were holding me back. And I felt like I could have been this, I could have done that, I could have like all the coulda, shouldas, but I had to stay home or I had to do this or like all the things. And if you're feeling that, it's a real feeling. Okay. Until I had somebody very uh, close to me reframe it. And my kids now are 15, 12 and 11. So this reframing happened about five years ago, maybe even seven or eight years ago. She said, where would you be today if you didn't have your kids? And I was like, oh my God. I'd be like selling beads on the beach in Bali somewhere. Like I literally would be a travel gypsy doing stupid stuff and wandering the earth. Really, I would Um, because of my curiosity. Right. Right. And I think here's here's the honest truth. When you have boundaries, when you have limitations, when you have restrictions, that is when you are your most creative when you have the most possibilities, it's actually inside a box that we really find out who we are, what we're capable of, and we like push those limits. And had I not had to stay home, or what I thought was I had to stay home, Mm -hmm. I would not have created a business from home, an online business from home. And this started way back when Brooklyn was uh, three years old and Caleb was six six weeks old. So I had a little one, a toddler and a, and a wee one. Okay. And I knew I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, go to work anymore. I kind of made the decision. And so I decided to start working online. I literally guys Googled, it was uh, 2008. I Googled work from home as an assistant. And I heard of this thing called being a virtual assistant. And maybe some of you have, have been virtual assistants or are, I didn't know what it was and nobody else knew what it was. I Googled it. And I found this thing called uh, Elance and I put my profile up there and put a picture up and said, I'll do research. I'll, I'll do this. I can proofread. I don't know. I wrote a bunch of stuff down. I thought I could do. Um, and I started applying for jobs. And like two days later, I had my first like interview and I was like, oh my God, this is for real. I'm like having an interview. And I tell this story because it's really important. You think you have to have it all figured out before you get started. You have to have your title. You have to know your thing. Like, 
no, I literally just kind of like put it up there. And I uh, had my interview and I had like my business top on the top and I had my sweatpants on the bottom. Like I still have a baby, right? <laughs> and I fed Caleb and put him in his crib. And I was like, okay, this is perfect. The timing's awesome. Like everybody's taking care of, like, I'm going to rock this, which we know never happens with a newborn. Uh, I'm so scared for the next part of the story. <laughs> never happens yeah, that, with a newborn. Tiffany always was, says nap time is not a time to plan on no, anything. No, no, you cannot count on nap time. No. Don't you do it. So do you want to know how you know how you do it when you have kids? You do it when you have kids. And what happened is I grabbed Caleb, stuck him on to breastfeed, tilted the camera up <laughs> from here up, did a killer interview, got the job. I told the lady two weeks later, she laughed her butt off. We're still friends today. But I was like, carry on. Right. And I, I Caleb, most of Caleb's first year, and I know many of you guys are going to crucify me for this. I don't care. For most, <laughs> I, he sat on my lap breastfeeding while I typed away because yeah. he was next to me or in the baby Bjorn or whatever. Right. So the thing is, I think a lot of people, and I deal with this all the time with the amazing freelancers I work with, they try to separate their family life and their work life. Okay. Mm. There is a time for that. Uh, there was a time where I had to have an office with a door so that my kids could understand what I would share with you. And I know I've jumped all into this already, but oh, we want to talk good. about how, how you parent and uh, have a business. You involve your kids in the business. You invite them into it. You help them understand it. You help them understand mommy is here now with you. But then when the go when I go in here and I shut the door, mommy is doing this, right? You explain it to them. You don't shut them out and just leave them out of it. So my kids... Um, have been brought along this journey for years now. So that was many years ago. I uh, had some jobs in between that. We moved from, oh, by the way, we lived in Australia for 10 years. All my kids were born in Australia. It was oh, just cool. an amazing, fabulous time in our life. I married an Australian. Um, we moved to LA. I live in LA now and um, no longer married, but the kids, you know, the kids share between the two houses. And uh, about three years ago, I'll kind of fast forward, um, I left a full-time job uh, that was working for a nonprofit and thinking, thinking that I was going to get another job right away. I put out 20 curated uh, cover letters and resumes and I was like, someone's going to hire me six figures. Like who would want to hire me? Like everybody was telling me, oh my God, you're going to get a job. No problem. You live in LA. Hmm. Crickets. Crickets. I got not a single email return, not a single phone call, like a week went by, another week went by, another week went by. And I was like, holy my goodness. And I woke up with a pit in my stomach one day and I was like, Lisa, nobody is coming to rescue you. Like you better pick yourself or you are going to be stuck. And at this point now I'm single, um, newly divorced, three kids living in a two bedroom apartment with three kids, figure that one out. And I was like, oh shit, you better make this happen. And I, at the time had hopped onto Upwork and started like applying for jobs. I literally went back to that, that girl, that woman from many years ago and was like, I can do blogs for you. I can do research for you. Like I did whatever somebody asked me to do. I said, yes, until I could figure things out, get my feet, get a little bit of momentum. And so don't be too, um, don't be, you know, don't not be humble. Like, don't be too, um, uh, you know, up yourself to not take a job to um, figure out how the system works, how to like put a proposal together, how to do the things to get yourself started. Once you have some momentum, then 
you know, they say that it's really hard when you're not in motion to make, you know, chivet, uh, pivots and changes. But once you're in motion, it's so easy just to kind of switch here and switch here and switch there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just want to encourage you just to get started, right? And um, I always tell the story. I've got all these pictures of me sitting at my kitchen table because that is where my office was. And when the kids came home from school at three o'clock, I literally had to move my office. Then it was homework. Then it was dinner. And then my office came back out. And that's all I had. And so my first year with literally a laptop and a notebook, I made six figures. I crossed $125,000 hustling my little tush on Upwork, taking whatever jobs they would give me. We always right? raise the roof for these types of announcements. <laughs> I, I had never made that much money in my whole life. I think the most average made was 50000 I didn't know what to do with myself. I literally didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, I, and here's a funny story. Beth, I'll appreciate this. I kept every single penny in the business bank account. I didn't spend a single penny of it. I was so scared. I was like, that's not my money. I don't know what to do with that. Like I don't, and I just kept it all. We literally were kind of still eating, you know, like, you know, regular, you know, like plain food because I'm like, I think I have money, but I'm not really sure. So, you know, as you're starting out, you don't even know that you're successful until somebody goes, Hey, wake up. I think you have a business here. And I was like, Oh my God, I have a business here. I'm no longer the stay at home mom hustling on the side. But I did not know that because my identity had not had not caught up. My mind had not caught up to my success. And some of you might not understand that. Some of you might be like, oh my God, she gets it. It's very hard. I'll stop talking for a second if you want to jump Yeah, no, I, I'm just like, Amazing. my neck hurts from nodding so much. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. So it was my, it was my, one of my clients and I'll share with you about copywriting in a minute. One of my clients who was kind of like a virtual CFO, I was building a website for him. And then at the end of the, at the project, he said, so, um, you know, what's your revenue? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, what's your revenue? What's your, this, your profits. And I was like, I literally was like, "Ah, I have a Google spreadsheet and I just keep track of all my invoices of what, what got paid and what's here. And, And he's like, well, tell me what your number is. And I show you, he's like, you have a business here. And I was like, oh, I, I'm, I don't know. And that's when he really educated me on when to go from just a uh, sole proprietor to an LLC to an S corp and the benefits. And my mind was blown. And I was like, this is so hard for me. I just want to do the writing. I, I don't know how to do the thing. And so it was the first time I brought outside people into my business to guide and coach. And I highly recommend coaches and guides when you know you're on the right path there's just there's having people around you that can speak into you even just this podcast is just a great way to keep you on track and, and help you know where you're supposed to be going fabulous yep. fantastic <laughs> yeah <laughs> so well, great. I, I had a similar moment lisa i uh turned in I went out on my own in a, in September of um, one year and the next year we were getting our taxes done and, and our accountant goes, we're going through everything. We're just talking logistics, you know, d- down and dirty and all the expenses. Da, da. And finally my accountant looks up and she goes, Tiffany, you made a lot of money in those three months. Like, have you realized that? Like, did you re- like, I've n- great job. She's like, you just, you've only been doing this for three months and you made that much. I was like, I think so. Is that what the number yes. is that? 
Okay, let me let me put let me put a, a damper on your parade in my parade and, and anybody else who is has stepped into freelancing or their own business, you still wake up every single day going, Oh shit, today's the day it's gonna fall apart. Like today they're gonna figure out I'm not a copywriter. Today, like that was lucky, thank God. And I think Beth, that's why I saved every single penny because I actually didn't think I could do it again. I thought it was a blip and it was like, I got lucky. It, yeah. it has taken me years to actually have the confidence. And guys, I say this because it is such a mind mess mm -hmm. when you have success, but you haven't caught up to it internally. And mm -hmm. you can self-sabotage. <laughs> you can actually talk yourself out of it. You come up to a threshold you've never been at and you go to push through it and then things pull you down, you pull yourself back down. And so I would wake up with that roller coaster. I get a client and then I'd be like, yeah, but this is the last client I'm ever gonna get. I mean, <laughs> just ridiculousness. Aww. I know, but it's so true. Oh, and it is. it is. how do you get, how do you start getting over? And the, I believe, again, I'm gonna probably go into coaching here, but the way you do that is you set up some systems and processes to show yourself, this isn't luck, this is numbers. This is do the work, the people come in, send the proposals, do the work. like. It's just a process. Once you have the plan, work the plan. But too many people won't even step up to the plate to say, I'm going to do this. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I've decided this is what I am, which means I'm going to put a plan in place. That could take people months or years to actually just get in and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what we're trying to do here with all of this. Um, is to try to help people build that structure. So either both financially and process wise, so that they really are legitimately straight up in business, yeah. ready to go and know it and, and have some faith that they're going to make it through. I mean, there's still going to be scary moments. I mean, I know when I started a business, it probably took five years before I was like, Okay, I got this. You <laughs> this know, and it took a while, you know, yeah. and I've been in business for 20 years. I started three weeks before 9 11. And, um, you know, the first year was rocky, but, you know, I, I had friends that I could talk to and say, you know, one of my best friends was also a business owner, and we'd have these conversations like, are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. You know, we'd check in with each other and try mm -hmm. to throw each other work when we could. So it, it is, but, but what we're trying to do here is talk to business owners and, and also share our own insights so that we can like let people help people to shortcut that whole process of yes. ugliness so yes. that we can say, okay, try this, look at this, look at this. We're, we're in the middle of putting together a package called you can do this, which is just like one thing at a time, like write proposals, manage your money, you know, manage your time. Like, should I go after this job? You know, like this lengthy, um, coming up soon. And I know Tiffany will be able to it's talk like a, more it's like about a hand, It's like a handbook, right? Like you it's, can flip to where mm -hmm. you have an issue, a handbook mm -hmm. that you can say, okay, now I've, yeah, I've kind of gotten that one under control. How about this one? You really want to tackle these one at a time mm -hmm. while all the while. So, you know, I coach freelancers a lot on the the sales process, like how to, mm -hmm. how to present yourself, how to find clients, how to write proposals and stuff. But it's funny. They'll come for the tips and tricks and the one, two, three, dang, they walk away with mindset changes because I'm like, listen, you have got your mind in the wrong place, right? Mm -hmm. If you actually could see it from a different perspective, you wouldn't be charging that, you know, that, that, you know, few of money, or you wouldn't be doing mm -hmm. this like you. Um, and so as much as we can give them the tips and tricks, 
really, it takes time for your, like I said, your mind to catch up with your identity, to, to mm-hmm. let go of who you were as you step into, you know, we talk about, I talk about stepping from hustling to thriving mm-hmm. from a freelancer to a business owner, man, whoo, took me two years to make that shift, but at least I was aware I was in the middle of the shift. And every time I started to kind of go backwards, I'm like, no, 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 no. You're, <laughs> you're a big girl now. Come back up here. Like put your yeah. big girl pants back on. You're like, Argh. And um, there are days that I, I have even said it recently. I was like, man, I remember the, the easy days, like when it was just me. Yeah. Can I just call bullshit on that? Because back then I was crying because it wasn't the easy days. It's just so funny, our perspective of what we think was the easy days, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the good old days. Mm-hmm. The good old days oh. were never as good as we think they never. were, right? Never, never, never. Well, Lisa, there is a question later on that we wanted to ask, but you just mentioned it. So let's yeah. let's go there and then we'll, we'll circle back to, you know, getting practical about the copywriting, uh, being a freelance copywriter. But there's a quote on your website um, that says, stop hustling as a freelancer and become a business owner. And there's two things I want to say about that. And then I would love your perspective. So when we were um, working on the messaging for Kenza, one of the words that we kept trying to figure out how to explain, like what word to use when we say parents who blank. So there was obviously like parents who freelance, parents who contract, parents who consult. Um, And and the word that kept coming up that was like a sticking point is parents who are entrepreneurs. And when I shopped Mm. that word around to some of uh, the people in our target audience, they got weird about it. They were Mm -hmm. like, like a girlfriend of mine. um, Hey, Kay, I hope you're okay with me mentioning you. I'm sure she will be. But um, she, she, I was asking her about this and and she's a new mom and she's also, um, you know, a freelancer now. And she's like, yeah, she's like, I get that technically I'm an entrepreneur. Like, yeah, I get that. Like the definition, she's like, but I would never read that and see myself in that. I would never say like parents, I'm I'm not, I wouldn't say if someone asks me what I do, I say, I'm a freelancer. I don't say I'm an entrepreneur. And I, and I get it. We've had to adjust our messaging because we don't want to lose people. But I think that's so interesting. And then the second point is about the phrase hustling. And I've actually, um, Beth and I have been talking about doing like a myth busting series. Um, yeah. And one of the biggest myths that I hear so many times is that people are, and I, I was this person, so I totally resonate is that I don't want to have to go off on my own and have to constantly be hustling, like constantly looking for business, constantly doing that. And that's literally like one of the number one reasons why I didn't do it for so long. Um, And it's just not true. Like it's just, that's not, I mean, maybe sometimes or for some people, but like in my experience and the people I've talked to, like, it's not like that really, like, because you're going to do a great job and word of mouth and Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's just not like that. So I would love to hear your perspective. So yeah, so much on that. It's um, you attract what you put out. So if you say you're hustling, then you will, you will do the actions that people do that are hustling. Yeah. And when I create, I'm going to answer your questions uh, in reverse. And mm-hmm. when I started the coaching freelancers, um, I really came up with this term called full thrive. I made it up myself. It's like, don't work full time, work full thrive because mm. thriving businesses is what we want. And so I, this is how I define thriving. You find clients you like. So when you get on a call with people or you do it like, you're like, I like you. Like, I want to hang out with you. I have so many friends that I have made through my business, like little friends that I hug, went to their weddings, like real people, <laughs> real friends, mm-hmm. uh, find people you like clients you like, do work that you love, 
Mm-hmm. I don't do crappy stuff anymore. I don't do the product descriptions. I don't write, I don't even write blogs. I don't, I don't do the stuff that I don't want to do anymore. I only do work that I love and I do it on my own schedule. If I want to work 80 hours, I will work 80 hours because I get to choose that. If I want to take Wednesday off to go to the dentist, I take Wednesday off. So now that sounds ideal. And each one of those has its own like, right. And you have to make those decisions when you're choosing what you offer, who you work with, what you write in your proposals, how you set your schedule up. And so I wrote a whole blog post about um, putting free, ba- you know, freedom back in freelancing, meaning we all say, Ooh. oh, I get to do what I want. Like, so you're bullshit. good. No, they're slaves. To- you are a slave to your business. And I am the first example of it. Um, and so I'm like, am I really free? No. And so one year I took a whole month off. I was like, I'm going to see how free I am. Right. And, and see what that looks like. So, you know, I just, there's a, you can, you can be whatever you want to be, but let me talk about the freelancer. I heard this and I'm going to play this, tease this out and you guys can help me with it. Um, a solopreneur works for other people. They have clients and they, they do work for other people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, an entrepreneur works for themselves. Right. They, they, they decide they work for themselves and a business owner has other people work for them. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when you start thinking like that way, and I don't even mean that you have to hire people, but a business owner mentality means that you are not, you are not required to do all the work. Um, Mm -hmm. So a solopreneur would be my first few years where I did anything and everything. When people gave me money, I said, yes, (laughs) what would you like? (laughs) Right. And I did it for them. And then as an entrepreneur, I said, hold up, I'm going to do what I want. I get to decide. I'm creating. I am choosing. And then as a business owner, now I'm going, I'm creating, meaning I have multiple businesses. I do have people working for me. I have processes. I could step away from my businesses if I, business if I wanted because other people are there supporting it. And let me just say it's an evolution. It takes a lot. I feel like a long time to get there. Um, but you know, going from hustling to thriving is so much different than going from part-time to full-time or making a hundred, you know, 50,000 to a hundred thousand. I know that numbers can be, or hours can be connected to that, but man, thriving is where you wake up every day and you're like, Oh, I'm so excited for the work I get to do and the people I get to talk to. Right. Mm -hmm. So I talk about that a lot and it resonates with people. Um, because, I mean, first of all, everybody loves the idea of thriving and it's something that we're always working towards. The last thing I'll say about the word entrepreneur, I, I definitely see it as a, a different, it's funny. So I do this kind of like coaching for freelancers. I do the same coaching for my clients who are business owners or people who run <laughs> startups in, in tech world and they're founders, right? And then you've got your entrepreneurs. And it's all the same thing. Yeah. You want to call yourself, okay? Like, I think the creatives like to be freelancers. There's the word free in there. I'm like, oh, I get to do what I want. Um, So, you know, we don't use entrepreneur at all. I hardly ever Mm. use entrepreneur. I think it's got a very masculine tone. I think a lot of people Mm. just say that's not me. Um, And I wouldn't even try to convince people that they are. The business owner, I think you have to... This is my, this is my, this is my own personal. I think you have to earn the right to be a business owner, meaning mm-hmm. that you have to set up a business that is like a real business mm-hmm. and that you have to mentally shift your identity to being a business owner. And I just think it takes a bit of time. I don't think anybody was like, yep, I own my own business. It's like, okay, <laughs> 
you do, but you actually just own a job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You own a job that you get to do from home, but if you don't do it, you don't get paid. Right. (laughs) So that's kind of how I break those ones down. That's an important distinction. And I, I really appreciate your perspective on that. And the thing we landed on or that we're using currently, you know, is, um, parents who work for themselves. Cause I feel like that really encapsulates whoever you are. You work for yourself, whether you're a business owner, solopreneur, whatever you are. And also want to note that it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with staying as a solopreneur or freelancer and not graduating up to having people work for you and doing like, you don't, I think that's another myth that needs to be busted. Like it doesn't have to grow to be this big, crazy thing. If you want it to, that's great. Maybe you're just getting started and you're taking whatever you can get and you're comfortable and totally fine there. Like that's great too. And I actually had a, a conversation with one of my coaching clients just yesterday. We were talking about this new particular client and without getting into the whole story, I basically ended up saying to her, look, in my mind, there's there's generally two types of, of um, freelancers. There's a vendor and then there's the expert. And so if you want to mm-hmm. come in and be a vendor on a project, in my mind, that means you're following orders, essentially. Someone's going to say, do X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z, and you're going to execute. And you're their mm-hmm. vendor, right? Like they're not really yes. expecting you to weigh in on strategy or to provide a lot of feedback necessarily. They just need you to execute. And okay, that's fine. Or you're coming in as an expert where they're expecting you to be leading and guiding and providing strategy and and going to that next level. And you can usually charge more. And it's just, it's a different type of relationship. And I was like, she was feeling uncomfortable because she felt like she was being pushed into a vendor role. And I was like, look, you're just getting started. You need to make the decision here. It's okay if you're going to be a vendor on this one little project. Like, it's all good. Just go into it knowing that and accept it and roll with it. It's cool. And then move on if you don't like it. Or maybe you're going to be like, actually, it's kind of nice to just have someone tell me what to do. I'm just going to do it and make money, you know? Too, Tiffany, too many people, I see it over and over again, is probably one of the most major like eye-opening things when I share this with people. They think they have to stay in that vendor role. They mm-hmm. believe that the client always knows best. It's like going to a restaurant and that the customer tells the waitress what they want when to get it, when to bring it. Right. And they feel like that's always that model. And Mm -hmm. I've taught people how to literally shift it, like flip it on its head. You show up as the guide, you have a process, literally you take people through the process. I tell them to take their hands off the wheel. I'm like, I'm in charge here. And oh, they love it. Clients love it. Clients love being led. They love being told what to do and they will pay you more for it. So a lot of it is just you in your head believing you can do that and then communicating it that way instead of saying, oh, what would you like me to do for you? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Say, I do mm-hmm. one thing really well and let me show you what it is. And you, if you like it, great. If you don't, that's okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's being a consultant, right? Instead yes. of being a person that goes in like to just, you know, somebody needs a project done and you're going in to do a project. Instead, you're going in to say, wait a minute, are you sure you want that project done? Because really from my experience, this is what we should be doing here instead. Mm -hmm. And that's when you, you know, and, and that's not always necessarily what they're looking for or willing to do. Right. You know, so willing to pay for usually the, mm -hmm. usually the money is the one that will clarify that really quickly because as soon as they see the high price, they're like, Oh, this is not just a copywriter. Like no, not a copywriter. No, I'm no longer a copywriter. I'm really barely like holding on to that title. Um, And if you want to, we can shift into that conversation because 
I love what you said in the beginning, Tiffany, just because this is where you started doesn't mean it's where you finish, but you got to get started somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I hustled. I did hustle in that, like I wrote a ton of copy. I mean, I helped over probably 120 clients just by myself writing all of the words for everything. And now I write next to zero words for anything. And I was like, wait, how does this happen? My business has like literally quadrupled and I'm doing so much less copywriting of what I actually got started in. So I want that to encourage you just because you start somewhere. doesn't mean that's where it's going to end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. so uh, I, I heard the two of you talking before about story brand guide. Mm-hmm. Lisa, can you tell us more about what that is? So building a story brand by Donald Miller. Uh, he is a novelist. He's a very successful novelist. I think he wrote seven books. Blue like jazz was his most famous mm-hmm. and a really great writer. Um, and I go into the whole story. It's really quite funny. He's on a plane on a way to a conference as a guest speaker. The guy next to him is going to the same conference and reading his book. Oh my gosh. He's like, oh my funny. God, the guy's reading the, my book. Like that, oh, that's so cool. And so Donald Miller looks at the guy and says, oh, what's the book about? And the guy's like, well, it's really good, but ah, ah, ah. he could not tell the author what the book was about he was reading. And Donald Miller like had this brain kind of like revelation we need to be able to tell a story that other people can spread, that other people can share in a way that makes sense to them. Story is our sense making tool in the world. And so be careful not to think that it's about telling your story. It is not. It is about telling a story that invites your audience, your client, or your customer into the story with you. So that's why websites, um, the horrible websites are like, our mission, our vision, our work, our clients. Here's a picture of the building my grandfather built 200 years ago and look at us. That nobody cares. Nobody can see themselves in that story. So StoryBrand is a marketing framework that uses the hero's journey, which is um, one of the seven architecture or archetypes of story where you have a uh, hero who is struggling and has a problem they need to overcome. They meet a guide, think of Yoda and Luke Skywalker, who comes along and says, Luke, if you do these things, you can you know, uh, win the universe. If you don't, the universe is gonna collapse. And so we had that climatic moment where Luke has to decide between right and wrong and good and evil. And that's what people love about a story. And if he chooses this path, he wins and this path he doesn't. And when you actually write marketing framework, websites, lead generators, emails, social media posts, scripts, all of that with that framework, that is what connects with people. And when you start looking at websites now, you can be like, oh my God, I see it. Or <laughs> wow, they really need it. Because usually people start talking about who they are, why they're awesome and why you should pick them. Yep. And we believe that every story always starts with, um, really, what is the problem people are facing? How do you connect with that problem? How does it make them feel? Before you introduce your solution or yourself, then you become more valuable because you're answering a problem. You've poked a pain. You've caused people to be uncomfortable and they need to resolve that discomfort or conflict with a solution. And now you've brought a solution and you make it easy for them to say yes and move forward. Mm-hmm. So a story brand guide is uh, we're certified in the, the story brand framework and we help companies clarify their message, who they are, where they're going, what it is they actually do for people, um, not just their services or their products. 
And then we lay out marketing words in copywriting. You know, just for, for those of you who are like, copywriting, what's the difference between copywriting and content writing, um, marketing? Copywriting is words that sell. Content writing is words that build trust. Mm. That's the definition by Lisa, not Webster, <laughs> just to keep it short and sweet. Copywriting is very punchy. There's fewer words. They're very powerful. They get right to the heart of things and they move people to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Content writing is a bit longer form. Think about blogs or thinking about long form emails. This is something that shares information. It builds rapport. It proves authority. It just builds trust. Um, your weekly email that you send out to your audience should be content, maybe with a bit of copywriting towards the bottom, which is, you know, act now and, you know, say blah, blah, blah. Like there's a little bit of copywriting to that. And so they're very different types of writers and not every content writer can be a copywriter. In fact, copywriting is, um, I'll, I'll slip into how I fell into it because I didn't even know what copywriting was until my second year of business, guys. I, wa- I was a copywriter and didn't know it. You might, be a co- <laughs> you might be a copywriter and not know it. It's true. This is the thing. And I have, I have met too many people who said, oh, I am a copywriter or I want to be one. And then I was like, do you even know what it is? They're like, no, it just sounds cool. And then we like dig in and I'm like, sorry. They're like, I'm a journalist or I, you know, I used to write for newspapers and I'm like, sorry, very different, very different skill set. So copywriting um, is all about um, psychology, sales, business decision-making. How do you grab people's attention? How do you move people with words and very few words? How do you take big ideas and get it into four words? Like it is an art and I'm not trying to, you know, like compliment myself, but who we labor over every single word that gets put and where it gets put and what the call to action button is. And good copywriters lay out the page for their clients. They say, this picture with these words, this font, and then this here and that button. That combination creates this that causes people to say yes. Mm-hmm. So people are like, oh, how, how much do you charge per word? I'm like, what? Oh. <laughs> what? Wait, you don't, you don't get it. Like, I only write a few words. Like, how does that work? No. So like, I'm like, oh, no, I don't think it's going to work between us. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, and then, you know, we also do, um, yeah, content writing, which we believe that once you've hooked people and you've grabbed their attention, you need to now build trust with them over time and consistency. Mm-hmm. You add value with your weekly emails, your blogs, your really helpful social media posts. We believe it needs to be, again, I keep saying consistent on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, content could also be podcasts. It could be video, uh, YouTube channels. But you need to do, um, like Gary Vee says, deliver value, 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 sell. Value, value. You are three times the amount of value. And for some people, it's incredibly exhausting creating that much content. So your only other way is to buy an audience with SEO and and ads and paid advertising and stuff. But you still have to have really, you know, really good content. Mm-hmm. So I fell into it by um, I have built my whole business on Upwork. Love it or hate it. A lot of you are like, oh. I no, I'm, I'm so excited um, you mentioned that because we're actually in a couple of weeks going to be interviewing someone who specializes in training people on how to leverage Upwork as a freelancer. And she's yes. also a mama herself. So really yes. um, open and excited to learning more about that, even just myself. So, yeah. 100%. 
you know, um, just to show you the power of it. I told you my first year I did 125,000, not knowing what I was doing, not a copywriter, not even a story brand certified guide. That literally was just like raw work. The second year I got trained as a guide. I upped my prices a bit. I got some processes in place and we did 270 pretty much all by myself. I had a little bit of a team towards the end. <laughs> yeah. I only tell these numbers. So you guys go, what is that possible? We are like days away from hitting 500,000 this year. And it's almost, yeah, thank you. 95% of it guys is on Upwork. So don't wow. give me your bullshit that it's only for people who pay pennies. It's I, I, man, you can keep saying that and stay off the platform. It's just more for us. That's all I have to say. If you change your mind about it, it is an incredible tool, right? And uh -huh. so, yeah, I teach on how to make a thousand dollars a week on Upwork. I have free master classes all the time. I'm putting together a mini course that you can buy to teach you how to get up and running as a freelancer on Upwork because I believe in it so much. Love and that. I have seen people change their life, quit their job and start making, to me, 60,000 a year, I think is full thrive. I think anybody in the country, unless you live in LA, 60,000 <laughs> is a great way to work from home with clients you love and do work that you love. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really not that hard, but you've you got to get over the hump. And anyway, so where it started was I would go look for jobs on Upwork and apply for things that like words on a website. I need clarity in simplifying my words. Like I looked for those little things in between the lines. I read between the mm. lines. Guys, I applied for so many jobs that I was technically not qualified for, but I was like, hi, I'm Lisa and I can help you with what you need. And I'm really great with words on a website. And here are the two websites I've done so far. I remember like my portfolio was like, care. And then I would add another one. And every time I did another one, I added another one and I added another one. Do you know, we've worked with about 192 clients now. I can't put all those websites on anymore. I cherry pick which ones I love. I dreamed of the day I had more than five websites to show people. And here I am. I'm like, which five do we pick? Like, whoa, you know, oh, it's so crazy. It's and so you're crazy. only three so years into it. I just want to remind <laughs> listener land. Like she's Amazing. three years into it and started it with three little kids at home. You can do yes. this, everyone. You can yes. do this. You, you can, do, can it. do it. You can do it before they wake up. You can do it during nap time. You can do it at night. And I mean hustling. So there is too many people that I think they're like, oh, I have an extra hour one day a week. And I, you know, no, you, <laughs> it is like taking on another job. It's like a, it's like its own job. So you, until you can build the lifestyle around it, um, can I switch back to some parenting tips? Oh, heck yeah. Please, please. Okay. Yes. This is huge. This is huge. I had a mentor of mine teach me this way back when. Um, I was his virtual assistant for many, many years. And I'll tell you, he paid me $50 an hour, which way back when was a lot of money, actually. Mm -hmm. Still is a lot of Still money. Still a lot of money. And he mm -hmm. said to me, uh, I could only work for him 10 hours a week. This is when my kids were literally now like, six and four and one. Like I built the business while they were that little. And um, I said, listen, I can only give you 10 hours a week. He's like, I want you more. He's like, do you want to work more? I was like, oh my God, of course. I love doing this work. He's like, do you clean your house? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, how much do you pay a cleaner? I was like, we could pay her $20 an hour. And literally the light bulb started going off. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just whoa. got chills because I know where you're going with this. And I'm so excited. He said, do you like housekeeping? I was like, I hate it. 
He's like, would you rather spend those hours working and making, let's say two hours, a hundred bucks and pay her 40? I was like, you can do that. He literally gave me permission to do the things I love that I'm good at that pay more money and let go of the things that don't. Now it was hard as the mother who was supposed to clean the house, whatever. I had to get over that quickly. And I did not at the time have a husband who uh, he was so supportive. He's like, yeah, you're not even good at cleaning the house. So why, <laughs> why are we here? I was like, oh my God. He's like, you hold yourself back. You hold yourself back. You hold yourself back because you think you could, you should, and you haven't grown into the mindset of I'm a business owner. I have a job. I just happen to do it from home. Mm-hmm. It is so hard, you guys. So here's the next one. So I'll just skip to this year, which was a really hard one. I had three kids in three schools before the mm. pandemic. I had to take three kids to three different schools, three different pickup times, sports, and all the things. Well, I work from home, so that means, oh, I can do it. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I hired the most amazing, lovely lady from our church who is an Uber driver, and I pay her to pick up my kids, take them to school, and bring them home because there's nothing worse than getting out of flow. There's Mm -hmm. nothing worse than spending literally almost two and a half, three hours a day in a car. That is not the best use of my time. And the kids don't care if I'm there anyway. They're already grumpy. So (laughs) they're grumpy in the morning when I pick them up. So I I wait till they come home with all arms. I block out some time to like give them hugs and kisses and then off they go. Everybody's happy. Have you ever thought of outsourcing, taking your kids to school? That is how a business owner thinks that just because you work from home, you need to block off that time. And so that is some parenting tips. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, maybe I should meal prep on Sunday so I don't have to cook during the week. What, how else do I step into that role? What does a a CEO look like? How does their life look? That is how you start kind of putting yourself into that mind frame. Yes, I love that. That's um, it's something that uh, when I sat down with my husband and we were talking about Kenza and just how I see this playing out, I told him I was like, I want you to know that as like as we start to generate revenue and and grow this company, the very first things I'm going to start to do is hire people, and not necessarily like full time, <laughs> but any little thing that I'm doing that I don't want to be doing or that I shouldn't be doing. I'm getting, I'm getting off my plate as soon as possible. And Beth and I are like Mm -hmm. totally on board with that strategy. Like we need to, Beth and I are content creating freaking machines. Yes. Like you don't, like you should see the list of things that we want to get out there and anything that's stopping us from creating that content, which is ultimately going to help people and serve people, which is what we want to be doing is just slowing us down. Of course you need the, like, you know, the income to be supporting that, but that is our strategy as we move forward. And we keep, as we have these, so you want to be at episodes, this common theme come theme comes up is when we ask questions like, what do you wish you would have done sooner? And almost every time people mm-hmm. say, I wish I would have gotten help sooner. I wish I would have hired a VA yeah. sooner. I wish I would have hired an accountant sooner because I'm spending, mm-hmm. I had spent way too much time on that. And it, probably took a year or two off of my like progress, you know? So I'm glad you brought that so up. There's, yeah. Oh, there's, and there's a couple things. If you really dig into behind, behind the scenes of it, you know, if you, if you understand the idea of your zone of genius, the zone of excellence, mm-hmm. competence and incompetence. And when you stay in a zone that you're not supposed to, how it holds you back. That's the first thing. Second, it's an energy suck. 
It's mm-hmm. literally you're doing stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing or is not good. For, it's like sucks the energy. And so you're robbing from your zone of genius. Like there is multiple really bad ripple effects to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to come to it as an evolution. Don't be a prima donna and be like, oh, I outsource everything. Um, you have and you should never outsource something you don't know how to do yourself really well or you mm-hmm. haven't nailed a process on. I am very, very adamant about that. Too many of my freelancers want to bring on, you know, a team. I'm like, uh-uh, you didn't earn the right to do that yet. Uh-uh. You get yourself a bulletproof process because you're only inviting more people into your chaos. Yeah, exactly. That's what I say. Exactly. When you're trying to outsource your chaos and you, no, 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 you were just going to trade time doing the work for managing chaotic work and you're going to end up doing it anyway. Okay. So pace yourself and earn the right to say, okay, I have done this myself enough to do it in my sleep. Now I can bring somebody else in. So mm-hmm. hope that adds a little bit to that too. I get fired up. Totally. No, I love it. And, you know, before we even really got into this episode, I mentioned to Lisa, I was like, I'm going to try and be careful here because there's like 9 million topics that I want to pick your brain about, but I'm going to try and yeah. stay focused. So hopefully Lisa will join us again and we can dig into some of these other topics. Um, yeah. But oh I, would, I would love to hear... Um, maybe you could take us back to those early days, maybe the first year or two years about what did it look like? What did it look like as your day to day as you were juggling clients and kids? Because that is a hard yeah. juggling act. And maybe you can walk us through sort of your day to day. And I, I know you've kind of already touched on some of your tips, but if there's anything else that comes yeah. up that you would offer to your younger self, um, that could, yeah. that would be helpful. We'd love to hear that. Let me go back to the days, I would say three years ago when I had that moment of like, okay, this is, you know, I picked myself and I'm at the end of my kitchen table. I really, I really remember it. I remember the high, I was on a roller coaster. Like the highs were so amazing when somebody picked me, you know, I, I just, it was so validating. There was so much of just about Lisa personally that needed the validation, which I started started to outgrow. I need it in different areas now, but the validation. And then of course I took it so personally when they said no. So those roller coaster rides were really hard to manage. I used to blog about it a lot just to kind of get it out. So that was, that was one thing that I felt like on a day-to-day basis. Um, again, I said it could all fall apart today or I'd get a client and then I thought, oh, I've made it right. And I want to encourage you to even out those big ups and downs. And so that they're kind of like blips because you know, hey, it's going to even itself out at the end of the day. One month that was really great. The next month it wasn't. And I always had such a dramatic, like it's over, you know, instead of like (laughs) seeing it as like a year um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, six months at a time. So having a longer term perspective, but I um, am very committed to a morning routine Mm. as much as I could wake up and get to work, which would make sense. I actually took the hour before my kids got up to um, meditate, to read, to journal, to actually like feed myself and center myself um, because it takes a lot of creative energy. And when you're dealing with other human beings like clients, you have to be your cup has to be full. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you just take everything personally, you get rattled. So my morning before the kids was my time. And then I would get the kids off to school. Now, again, we have three homeschooling. First of all, I am not homeschooling. I am not schooling anybody. They're just in my house doing school upstairs. Okay. Like, schooling. When you introduced me, I was like, no, no, I am not. No, no, I'm not that person. I am not homeschooling. Okay. 
I am better working as a mom. I am a better mom when I'm working. That's all I can say. Own it. If that's you, that's your identity. Own it. My kids know I am healthier and better when I'm doing what I really love to do. I'm better for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So get your kids off to school, get them, you know, set away as their thing. Remember I told you to help them understand what you're doing. I sat them down and said, this is how, this is how we pay the bills. This is what we do. This is what mom does. Just because you see me at home doesn't mean I'm free and access to you, right? The older kids can understand that. So then I would set out um, from really about nine till two. That's it. That's all I had. I had to go pick up the kids, right? This is before the days of hiring Ubers. Um, and so from 10 to two, it's amazing what you can get done if you really give yourself a finite amount of time. And so I would recommend picking two things in those four hours. Like I'm going to get this done and this done. So I had a list of the big rocks. If you know anything about like um, Stephen Covey in the seven, two big rocks. And then I would make a list of all the little pebbles. Um, and so try not to go after the little pebbles and sand, go hit those big rocks. You'll feel so much better. I'd spend time with the kids um, from three till five and then I'd make dinner. <laughs> And then right at eight o'clock, then it was back to work till about 11. So oh, I literally was able to get, you know, four hours and then another like three hours in. Hello, that's seven hours in a day. What mm -hmm. if you could just get five in? Um, and I did that kind of five days a week. Yeah. Um, for many years, I didn't work weekends. Um, I'll be honest, I'm working weekends now because I choose to. I started a second business. I literally am running two escort businesses. And so I have told myself, Lisa, you, you can't just keep creating things and starting things and just think they're just going to fit in. So I'm okay right now in this season as another thing is starting. I have one job during the week and then I do another job on the weekend and that's okay. But I've managed that expectation and I don't resent it. There's nothing worse guys than you choosing to be a freelancer and then resenting it. Mm -hmm. You have misalignment inside you. It's like you either want the money, but you're not willing to do the work. And so get alignment with why you're doing it. Even if it's just for the money, if it's just for the kids, if it's just for the, you know, um, but I think for many, I'll just pick out parents, moms in particular, who have taken time off of work, want to get back to work. Your, your self-confidence and your lack of self-confidence is the thing that holds you back more than anything. And you have got to see yourself as your future self. And you can't get there until you actually make a move and you realize, oh my God, I sent a proposal or I put it out on social media that I can help you with your blogs and I didn't die. Like I did something <laughs> and I didn't die. Okay. Yeah, right. And you got to do the next thing and then not die. Right. Like that is literally <laughs> how I took one step at a time, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. So many, so many good things in there. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is just, this is incredible. <laughs> so it sounds like to me what, you know, you took the leap, you dedicated a certain set of hours to doing this, set that aside for yourself and dedicated to that. You started putting yourself out there. You started figuring out what your lifestyle was going to look like as you cared for your kids, you cared for yourself and you nurtured this business. Upwork was a great tool for you to go in and start to get your feet wet. I'm assuming you started telling everybody that you knew, like your network, your friends, your family, that you're open for business and doing this. Was there anything else you know you didn't do Let that? Let me tell you that. No. 
No, there was something about, no. In fact, even it wasn't until about a year ago that I really started to tell people. I had enough work on Upwork that I didn't have to get work from friends and family. Mm -hmm. I can tell you personally, just from my experience, friends and family and even referrals are the absolute worst clients. They're the worst clients. (laughs) They they don't know what you do and like, oh, and and then when you tell them how much you cost, they're like, oh, Oh. and then they think you're going to do a deal, like all the things. Mm And nope, I, my mom still is not quite sure what I do. I'm like, that's okay, mom. You know, you see words on websites. I kind of write those for people and I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice, honey. She's like, if you need any help, no, I'm a good mom. Here's $50 you Thank you. for you. Like, <laughs> it's just so funny. So yeah, I, I, um, I don't necessarily recommend, to be honest, throwing it out to the world mm-hmm. until you have it refined. And then you can actually say, hey, here's my website. This is what I do. Go, go see my website. Like, I don't need to tell people because it feels a little, I don't want to say desperate. It's better if you're kind of doing it and people can then come and, and, and find you. Mm-hmm. Again, Upwork's not the only place. You could really be on LinkedIn, Instagram, um, depending on what your business is. There's Fiverr. There's other platforms. But um, I'll just say this about Upwork. By the time somebody gets on Upwork looking for it to hire a freelancer, they have thought this through. They've made an account. They went online. They did the 12 steps. They jumped through all the hoops to put a job posting up there, hit submit. Like they know what they want. They don't know how much they're going to pay or whatever. They're kind of like qualified leads. Mm -hmm. And you can go on Upwork and search. I used to spend, let me tell you this. I used to spend hours looking through all the job postings on Upwork to see what people were looking for. I was like, oh, I should get into Bitcoin. I see Mm -hmm. Bitcoin, 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 Bitcoin. I was like, huh, Jesus, if I could figure out how to do Bitcoin and write copy for that, Look at all these jobs. So I was being informed by what people were. It's like going to the newspaper and seeing what the job postings are. Mm -hmm. So it's a great way to see what is out there people are asking for and how are they wording it? Like, what are they saying they need? So you go, oh, you need words on a website? Guess what? I put words on a website. And like, oh, (laughs) half the people don't even know what a copywriter is. So don't don't try to give yourself this big fancy name that nobody even knows. So Mm -hmm. think really practical. Mm-hmm. Just think super simple and and kind of get hungry. Try not to get too professional and too fast. Just get hungry and go see what people need and then go help them. Well, and I think that even ties back to what StoryBrand is all about is that you're speaking to the client in a way that they hear and that makes sense to yes. them versus you yes. trying to shove down their throat whatever you think you're trying to yes. say. Like instead of saying I'm a copywriter saying I put words on websites. I can, you know, write your website copy for you. That's what I do. And yep. that resonates with them. You're telling their story, not oh. yours, right? Yes. They're like, I need that. I'm like, great. That's what I do. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, again, I could go into the whole kind of like mentality of freelancers is that you don't have to tell people all the things you do mm-hmm. in one time mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, and I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. And they're like, oh, I don't need all that. Oh, oh you're, I don't think you're the right person for me. So you find out what they need. If you can do it, you say, I can do that. They're like, that's awesome. Oh, and by the way, I do this too. They're like, that's amazing. So I let my ego go. I really mm-hmm. said, yep, yeah, I'm a copywriter. Even to this day, 
I'm so much more than a copywriter. I know that now. I've stepped into that identity. I'm a business strategist. I'm a business coach. I'm a CEO. I run teams. My team is up to like 12 people now. I'm just checking my Slack. Like we are high, like we're bringing people on left and right. But people are like, Lisa, can you help me with words on a website? Yes, I can. And they just leave it at that. They don't need to know all the things behind it. So don't be desperate to try to tell people all the things you do. Pick a niche, narrow down. <laughs> Again, I'm going to go into yeah. freelancer coaching here, but that is that is how you help people say yes to you faster. Yeah, and and there's an exercise we go through in the, the in the you can do this course that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And one of the exercises that I lead people through is figuring out what they're going to do, right? What services they're going to offer. And I say the same mm-hmm. thing to try and just narrow it down to maybe one, two, maybe three things that you can offer, kind of depending mm-hmm. on what that mix is, and then let the rest be a surprise. So know the things that you're interested in kind of doing. And I give this example of one time I was working for a client as a project manager. That's what I sell myself as, as a project manager. And during the project, it came up that they needed to do um, a quick little training video for some partners they were bringing on. And I got to at that point say, hey, guess what? By the way, I can shoot and edit video. My degree's in film production. They're like, what? All of a sudden, (laughs) I became so much more valuable to them. And I was able to sell a whole different project to them and to take off on a whole different way of working with them in addition to what I was doing. But when I came on, they didn't need a video editor or a shooter. They needed a project manager. So I got in on that. I said, this is what I can do. This is how it's going to work. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And then I got to surprise them with that skill. And then they're like, well, so what else do you do that you haven't told us about? Which is a great place to be in. But you got to get in on what they need and not try and tell them everything. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, I... I say, sell them what they want, deliver what they need. Yeah. Because you know, if you're the expert, you know they need so much more than they think they need. Mm -hmm. But most people are hesitant and they just, they think they just want only this. And you're like, that's fine, great, yep, let's do that, Mm -hmm. right? And then, like you said, once they get to know you and trust you and like you, then they open up and and want all the things, Mm so. Yeah, exactly. You guys are amazing. This has been fabulous. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, no, this has been really awesome. And we just appreciate your perspective and your encouragement and just, honestly, like your honesty with us and sharing numbers and sharing some of the struggles and some of the things to avoid and just painting a really like I can actually see you sitting at a kitchen table, fiercely getting your work done, your kids coming in the house and you're like, ah, crap, let me get clean up my stuff, put the homework out. Like, I just, it's it's no wonder that, you know, you're doing what you do because you painted that picture so perfectly. Well, if you are interested in working with Lisa, you can find her copywriting agency at simplestorysolutions.com. And if you want to explore the resources that she has available to you as a freelancer, check out fullthrive.co. And she is also super fun to follow on Instagram. I have been following, <laughs> that's how I even came across Lisa is following her on Instagram and watching all of her super fun adventures. And she puts a ton of amazing tips and tricks and advice that every time I watch, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. So if you are a freelancer and um, interested in, in what this journey is like, I would highly recommend you follow at Lisa Coombs, C-U-M-E-S. And of course, we'll link all of this in the show notes as well. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. It's been you so ladies are amazing. I love what oh, you're doing. Thank, thank, you, thank you. Thank you for having me.